I wanna read from the text today, John chapter 15. I'm gonna read verse one through seven. Can we do something churchy again? Come on, stand in honor of the reading of God's word. I know you've been standing, but let's go old school in the place. Come on, here we go. John 15, verse one. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Everybody say me. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Watch this. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I'm going to say it again. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. I want you to turn to your neighbor as you're seated in this place and ask him, are you connected? Ask him, are you connected? And you can be seated in this place. Favor of God. Today is the finale of the Favor of God series. How many of you have gotten something out of this series over these last few weeks? In a culture where favor is something people are hoping for, what if I told you that favor was something guaranteed? That's what this series has been all about. That when you follow Jesus, his favor follows you. And what I see in this place are some Jesus followers. You see, when the favor of God is on you, there is nothing that can stop you. And how many of you know there have been some things in your life that have tried to stop you? There have been some people in your life that have tried to stop you. There have been some negative words spoken over you that have tried to stop you. But when the favor of God is on you, nothing can stop you. And I'm here to tell you, I'm here to declare, if you follow Jesus, his favor will follow you. The favor of God is guaranteed for followers of Jesus Christ. But we've learned in this series, haven't we, that the favor of God doesn't always feel like favor. Sometimes it feels like something other than favor. But we know that often God is working even when we don't see it. Even when you don't feel it, the favor is still on you. Here's what I found, you know, today we got a lot of fangirls and fanboys. We fan over people on Instagram that we follow. We fan over celebrities. But here's what I've seen with, with the fanboys and the fangirls is that there's many of us as followers of Christ that want the favor that was meant for someone else. And I feel like I was supposed to end this series today this way, telling you that you have a unique, a unique favor from God for your life. You are not meant to have the favor that your neighbor has or the person you're sitting next to has, or that person you follow on Instagram has, that person that you said, God, why would you give them that favor? I really know who they are. Some of you look at them and go, God, this isn't fair. You're giving them favor and not me. 
You're blessing them in that way, and you're actually coveting the favor of someone else. But I wanted to tell you that favor was not meant for you. God has a unique favor that he's declared over your life, even if you don't feel it yet. And even if you feel like you haven't seen it yet, I want to tell you, if you are trying to get a favor that was meant for someone else, you'll never get it. And you'll actually spin your wheels trying to get something when God has something unique for you. And so today, as we have looked at John chapter 15 and this idea of us being connected to the vine, I feel like God wanted me to share a message with you entitled, The Power of Proximity. Now, I love the word proximity. It's such a great word. Just say, just say proximity. It's a great word. And you, most of you, I think, know what proximity means. It means your location in relation to something else. The closeness in which you are to an object, a thing, a person. The proximity. And I think that there is a proximity of favor, and there is a power of proximity. And today, I was sent to encourage you to stay close to God. You see, the proximity to God determines your ability to connect to God. And what I've seen is there are a lot of believers that, that aren't quite connected to the vine. I think there's a lot of believers that are trying to do this thing and, and, and create this favor and produce this fruit, but they're trying to do it in their strength. They may be trying to produce or manufacture the favor that they've seen on someone else's life. And they're going, well, if they can do it, then I can do it. But God wanted to tell you, just stay close to me. If you connect to me, I will produce the favor that I destined for you. You have a unique favor determined and destined for your life. And so I found in my life, I started looking at other people's favor. I want it. I like that favor. That favor looks good on you. I think it would look good on me. And, and, and we just sung, J Justin and the team just launched a new song, that, and, and we said, like, favor looks good on you at times. But it's got to be your favor. It's got to be the favor that God meant for you. And so let's stay close. So I want to talk to you today about the power of proximity. I think uh, there's, there's a few keys that we see within the power of proximity as we dig into this text of John chapter 15, Jesus giving us a great analogy teaching that we need to take to heart today in this place. You see, the power of proximity, first you learn your kingdom identity. You see, we have a lot of people that identify with a lot of things today. And, and I think it's funny because I'm a sports fan. We got any sports fans in the house? Where are my Niner fans at? Come on. Where are my Raider fans at? Y'all finally got a dub. Congratulations, okay? Unfortunately, you got to play the Chiefs tomorrow. It'll be all right, though. Um, you know, I, I think about it, you know, I'm, I'm a hardcore to, to, to my core Sacramento Kings fan. And it, it pains me that in this day and age, you know, everybody in Sacramento is suddenly warrior fans. And I don't hate. You, you want to jump in the bandwagon? Everyone loves a winner. But I'm telling you this much. I'm telling you this much. When the kings are finally good, one day, I declare it, Lord, this year, by, we will make the playoffs in Jesus' name. Break the streak, the longest drought in all of American sports right now. 
I'm telling you, that favor is going to feel different, isn't it? But man, it's funny how we identify with sports teams and our moods are determined by whether our team wins or loses. It's funny how I can have a great Sunday and then the Niners lose and suddenly I'm discouraged and depressed. As if this game has any bearing on my life. But isn't it funny what we identify with? How some of us in this place, our, our identity is more wrapped up in a sports team that we follow than the God that we serve. I'm not here to judge because I get caught up in it too, church. Chrissy will tell you. She goes, why do you always think the Kings are going to win? I say, because I got faith. <laughs> you know you're a real follower of God, a real man of faith when you are a Kings fan. Come on. But let's look at the text. What does it say? Verse Three, it says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. You see, when you're close, you know who you belong to. When you're close, you know where your identity lies. And some of you have not felt close to God because you have bought into the lies that your past defines you. That your failures define you. That your sins define you. And you're caught up in the shame of the failure of your past. And God actually spoke a word right here, and Jesus spoke a word, and he says, here he says, already you are clean because of the words that I've spoken over you. And I felt like someone needed to hear this today in this place, that God wanted to tell you that it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter where you've been, it doesn't matter the sins of your past, already you are clean because Jesus has spoken it over your life. Already you are clean because he's forgiven you, his grace is upon you, his love has surrounded you, and you don't have to walk in the shame of your past. And some of you need to hear this today. I had somebody after the first service came to me, confessed the sins of his past and told me I'm walking in the shame. I said, God's breaking it off in this house today. He's breaking it off in this house today. Already you are clean, abide in me and I in you. Man, I love that my kids, because they're so close to me, they know their identity. You know, they love that they're the pastor's kids. Now, pastor's kids get a bad rap, let's be real. And uh, because it can move very quickly from confidence in who we are to arrogance that I am entitled to everything. And so I keep an eye on that. But can I be real? I'm glad my kids walk around confident like they own this place because they are my sons and my daughter. And so they should walk that way. And they should live that way. I'm not saying they can be prideful. I'm not saying that they own everything, but they can be confident in their identity. In the same way it is for you, when you stay close, when you stay in proximity to the presence and the person of God, I'm here to tell you, you begin to establish and learn your kingdom identity, that I'm not who I was, I'm not my past, no, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I'm called, I'm purposed. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is Christ, let me slow down. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Somebody in this place, say it with me right now. Say it. Say, I'm new. Say it again. Say, I'm new. You are new, church. You are made new. When you gave your life to Jesus, confessed your sins, say, God, come into my life. You are made new. You're not who you were. It doesn't matter what people have said. And let me tell you, people say, I know who you really are. I remember how you used to live. 
I remember that person you were in high school, that person you were in college, that person you were for those 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. I seen you at your lowest point, but you can tell them every time people try to speak that over, you say, yeah, but I'm new. I'm new. You don't know my identity anymore. I'm new. First Peter 2.9 says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to tell you right now, church, you've been chosen for a time such as this. You've been set apart. You've been called. You've been placed on this earth for this moment. You see, the power of proximity is you learn your identity. And I think there's some people in this place still struggling with their identity. At the end of the day, I know that there's a lot of things we can identify with in this world, but we must identify first and foremost as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Let that be at the forefront of your identity. Nothing else. No other thing. It doesn't matter. I know you love that team. I know that's your job. I know that, that you have dreams. Your identity is first and foremost as children of God. You see, when you're close, you learn who you are. And I think that there's some people in here that you know you're not as close as you should be. And you came here today because you've been feeling a distance from God. You've been sensing a distance from God. Now, we got people watching online, and we love our online church. Come on, give it up for the people online. This is the 1015 is when we're live. We're live right now. And so we love them online. But, but can I tell you, and to all the people online, those of you in the room, that, that there's power in watching and being a part of the church online, but there's something different about being in the room, isn't there? And so I just want to invite you. I, I'm glad that people are able to watch because people are traveling and out and sometimes they just couldn't make it in the morning. Someone's sick. This is a great alternative. But I want you to hear me that there's something about being in the house with other believers that just gets you a little closer. It gets you a little closer. That's why the people in the front are more spiritual than you in the back. They're closer. They're in the splash zone up here. They're closer. The power of proximity is, second, you embrace kingdom values. Everybody say values. We're in a moment in time right now where everything is politicized. And so every time you take a stance and speak the truth as you see it from the word of God, there are people that will say you're being too political. And I'm here to tell you that kingdom values will always collide with one side of the political aisle. It's why I've gotten up here on a Sunday and I've spoken something and I've shared something. I've shared the heart, what I thought was from the word of God. And I had one person tell me I'm too conservative. And I've had another person the same Sunday tell me I'm too liberal. You want to know why? Because kingdom values will never, never fully align with a political party. That's why I'm not saying you can't vote one way and you make your choice, but I am saying at the end of the day, your values must be aligned with this. They don't align with Democrats. They don't align with Republicans. They don't align with elephants. And they don't align with donkeys. They align with the Lamb of God. He has an agenda that's different than the agenda of this world. Our values must be... In this, you see, when you're close to God, 
You're close to his word. You're close to his spirit. You're close to his presence. You begin to embrace kingdom values that may collide with what culture says is popular opinion. We must embrace kingdom values. You've seen this tree up here. And this illustration, I thought I could illustrate it physically for you. This is an olive tree. Got some olives on here. And Jesus speaks here. I didn't hear it, but it was funny. Okay. Value. Jesus speaks here about kingdom values. And can I tell you what the value is that we must embrace first? It's that you cannot bear fruit unless you are connected to the vine. That's what Jesus said. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. He said, I'm the vine. God is the vine dresser. And apart from us, you can do nothing. If you're not connected to the vine, you won't bear fruit. The kingdom value is that we must be connected. Now, how do we connect to the vine? We got to be close. You can't connect to a vine that you're distanced from. You can't connect to a vine that you're far from. You see, the favor of God doesn't come from you. It comes from God. This whole series was about favor. Today is about favor. You see, his kingdom values increase the kingdom favor on your life. And as you learn them, you embrace them. What I've seen is greater favor comes to you. Greater favor flows through you. Now, some of us are like, well, okay, so you said if I'm close, I can connect. So if I'm in the vicinity then I'm going to receive the blessing. If I'm in the vicinity, if I'm in proximity, then I'm going to get the favor. But how many know that's not always the case? Because there are times you can be close and yet so far away. Because being close isn't just about being in the room. You got to be in the room, but you also have to have your heart in the room. Because sometimes you're here in body, but your mind is somewhere else. Like right now, some of you are already thinking about something. Where am I going to eat? How's my team doing? What are we doing tomorrow? You're in the room, but is your heart here? You're in the room, but is your mind here? You're in the room, but are you being critical? Are you being cynical? Like I could walk in every room in church and I, cause I grew up in it. I've been doing this since I was born in church and I can walk in every room and be critical and cynical of all these things happening. Oh, why is he wearing that? Why's he got a rip in his jeans? Why's his hair like that? Oh, why they got the LED screen? What's up with those lights? Like, I don't know. Justin was a little too hyped today. I mean, you could, you could be cynical. Oh, they, they said they gave the convoy of hope and they showed the video. Oh, they're trying to manipulate people to give. You could be critical and cynical. What can I tell you? A kingdom value that God wants us to have is that we're close, not just physically, but we're close in heart. We're close in spirit. We're close in mind. And the spirit of God will not allow us to walk in criticism and cynicism. The heart of God and the spirit of God will always allow us to connect with God and say, what are you doing on another level in this place? Because while physical things are happening in this room and physical things are being presented in this room, there's something happening on another plane in the spirit. 
And I think some of us are close, but our hearts are far. And God wanted to tell you, get close, but connect. It's not just about being close. You got to connect. And when you connect, you begin to embrace kingdom values. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. One of the most famous texts in all the scriptures. In all of the scriptures, Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Can I tell you a kingdom value that may be overlooked in the church right now is love? And I think some of us are like, no, I love God. I just don't like people. I've actually listened to preachers who afterwards I've talked to them. They've been like, yeah, I love pastors. I just don't like people. And I'm like, then why are you doing this? Like the whole point of this is people. I'm loving God, but then the second is like it, to love people, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I want to encourage you, church, because right now I think there's a temptation to love self. You know what Satan worship is? It's self-worship. That's his goal. Satan isn't trying to get you drawing pentagrams and doing seances and playing with Ouija boards. No, he's just trying to get you to love yourself more than you love God. He's just trying to get you to love yourself more than you love the people around you. Can I tell you right now? Yes, love yourself and take care of yourself and, 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 and do some self-care, but you got to love people. When we love God, we will naturally love people. The kingdom value I believe God wants us to embrace that only comes when we're connected to the vine is that we love people, even when they're unlovely, even when they're acting a fool, even when they're getting on our last nerve, even when they drive crazy. My wife will tell you I'm the worst in the car. God, help me. I want to love people, even on the road. You see, when you're close, when you're close, not just in body, but in heart, in spirit, you begin to embrace kingdom values. The third is you live kingdom attitudes, the power of proximity. You live kingdom attitudes. I want to have the attitude that God is calling me to have. And I think the attitude and the choice is that I'm staying close to Jesus. Because if I do, I think his favor will stay close to me. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says this, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Can I tell you right now? You all are called. Say, I'm called. Oh. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. This is the first text, the first sermon I ever preached was from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 4 in my entire life. Preached a sermon from this. It's been in my heart ever since. And God's told me over and over, you're called. And this is for all of you. Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. He says, you're called, but you got to live a life, live a life, walk in a way, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. So how are you supposed to walk? Watch this. With all humility, with gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Can I tell you right now, those things, those manners of living, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with people in love, maintaining, maintaining unity in peace, those are impossible 
unless you're connected to the vine. You cannot do any of those things in your own strength. And some of you are trying so hard to be good Christians. <laughs> you're trying so hard to be spiritual. You're trying so hard to be gentle and peace-filled and loving. You're trying so hard to be humble. But if you're doing it in your own strength, you will never yield the fruit or the favor that God has for your life. You have to be connected to the vine. The only way to live kingdom attitudes is to be connected. Can I show you the saddest picture? The most pathetic picture that Jesus ever paints in scripture. It's this. It's sad. It's pathetic. And unfortunately, he's saying this to his disciples because this is some of them. He's saying, you're a branch, but you're not connected to the vine. Look how sad that looks. How pathetic that looks. And I could be this branch and I could talk to this branch. And there's been moments in my life where I've been this branch. And I could try my hardest and I could say, bear fruit. <laughs> Be loving. Be humble. Be gentle. Carry peace. Come on, just will it into. And it doesn't happen. Because Jesus said it, he said, apart from the vine, you can do nothing. This is how some of us have got caught up at moments in our life. And the scripture tells us this. He says, abide in me, I in you. Because the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. And then he goes on. And this is where it gets sad. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, verse 6, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. A branch apart from the vine, what does it, do? what does it say? It's just thrown away. That was a little dramatic. <laughs> it says it's thrown away, and it withers. Look how withered this is. We actually took this from the lawn in front of the church, we have that giant tree, massive tree. It's got so many leaves, it's beautiful the majority of the year. But when a branch falls from the vine, from the tree, what does it become? It just becomes a withered, dead thing. You know what we do? We gather these up every day, every week. Not me, we pay someone to do it, but we... we <laughs> We have a lawn service. <laughs> we make Justin do it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we gather these up and we throw them away. And I think that Jesus painted this sad, pathetic picture to the disciples because he was reminding them that this is you if you don't stay connected to me. And I think some of you need to hear this, not because I'm telling you you're sad or pathetic, because you just need to be reminded that apart from him, you can do nothing. And we're striving 
for the favor that we can only have when we're connected to him. We're striving for the blessing that we can only have when we're connected to him. We're striving for the fruit that we can only have when we're connected to him. And some of you have been trying so hard and striving so hard to produce something with your life. And God wanted to tell you, you got to be connected to me. It's the only way to bear fruit. This is the kingdom attitude. I love 1 John 4, 13, because it tells us, by this we know that we abide in him. And he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. Because some of you are going, how do I know I'm connected? Can I tell you how you know you're connected? Because you feel the power of the spirit of God at work in your life. You feel a sense of the spirit of God speaking to you and guiding you and leading you. And today God wanted to remind you, apart from me, you can do nothing. But in me. You have power. You see, the power of proximity is that it's one thing to be close. It's another thing to be connected. Now, I can't graft this to this tree, but you know what it talks about in Scripture? In, in, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about, he says, I graft branches into the tree. I graft them into the vine. Now, grafting is something that we understand, even if we are, aren't the most green thumbs in this house, but you understand that there is an ability to actually reconnect a vine to the vine. To reconnect a branch to the branch. And some of you have been disconnected and you're withering. But God wanted to tell you it's not too late. It's not over. He can take you. He can bless you. He can reconnect you. And the favor of God can be upon you. The unique favor for your life. The unique fruit that was meant to flow out of you. I'm going to close with this. See, the power of proximity is you let your favor build the kingdom, not you. It says in verse 5, whoever abides in me bears much fruit. What does this mean? You let the favor build the kingdom, not you. The favor of God was always meant for more than you. And we're in a culture in a moment right now where everything's about us. Me, me, me. My favor, my blessing. And I actually feel like, did I do, this week I, I felt like God was, was speaking to me. I'm like, did I do our church a disservice? This entire series? By de talking about and declaring favor over their life so much? And God was like, No. You just need the, to remind them that the favor of God on their life was never meant just for them. I want you to think about it. This tree, this tree, it produces fruit. But is the fruit for the tree? Like, does the tree yield the blessing of the fruit it produces? No, the tree bears fruit for other people to harvest and receive and be blessed by. Why? Because that's what it was made for. That's what it was purposed for. In the same way, I'm here to tell you, you are meant to be heaven bringers, church. 
Jesus said, here's how you should pray. My kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm here to tell all of you, you have a calling and your calling is to bear much fruit. Your calling is to bear much favor. Your calling is to release the fruit and the favor into this world. Why? Because it wasn't just meant for you. It was meant to build the kingdom of God. And so church, you needed to hear this today because I've been talking a lot about favor and your favor and that if you follow Jesus, favor will follow you. Now listen, this is true. And if you stay connected, I'm telling you, the favor will flow out of your life, but it wasn't just meant for you to feel good. It wasn't just meant to be like, look at me. Look at the favor on me. Look at how dope I am. Look at all I've accomplished. Look at all I've built. Look how successful my business is. No, it was meant to bless others, to build the kingdom of God. You know, I, I'm a golfer. I love golf. Wasn't a golfer growing up, but I am now. That's what you do when you can't hoop anymore. Your body's breaking down at 40. You just go swing the club. But you know, I go play golf. And uh, it's funny because anytime someone's playing well, I'll do something. They don't know what I'm doing. But if they're playing well, I'll go to them and I'll touch them. And I'll like grab them, I grab their hand, I just touch them. I'll be like, dude, what are you doing? I'm trying to get some of that. Let me, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to take some of those powers. I'm trying to take some of that favor. I, I love hanging out with people who obviously have favor on their life. Like if people have favor on their life, I'm gonna be around them. I'm gonna spend time with them. I'm gonna try to connect with them. Why? Because I want some of that favor to rub off on me. And I wanna tell you right now, your favor was never meant just for you. It was always meant to build the kingdom, to bless others, to release love in this world. And God needed to tell you, remind you, that if you stay connected, you stay connected to the vine, there is favor that will come through your life. There is fruit that will come through your life. God's favor on you was always meant for more than you. It's not just for you. It's always gonna impact the people around you. And so today, I feel like God wanted to talk to a couple different people in this place. You see, the first group are those that are feeling like this branch. They're not connected to the vine and they sense themselves withering and dying. And he wanted to tell you it's not too late. He can reconnect you. He can graft you in. You've been running. You've been trying to do it in your strength. You've been trying to strive to produce your fruit, your favor. But God wanted to tell you, all you got to do is surrender. Get close to me and let me graft you back in. And I'll do great things through your life. I think there's another group in this place, though. If you were honest, you say, yeah, I've been trying to let the favor bless me. But today, I've been reminded that 
the favor of God on my life isn't just meant for me. It was meant to bless everyone around me. And it's just that perspective shift. Because I've been declaring favor over your life. You follow Jesus, the favor will follow you. But some of you in this place, you're saying, you're, you're a third group of people like, I don't feel any favor. I've been staying connected. I've been staying close. I've been in proximity, but there's still no favor. I'm still waiting on the favor. Can I tell you something? This text talks about it. It says Jesus is the vine, but God is the vine dresser. And sometimes the vine dresser goes through a season of pruning you, of cutting some things out of your life, of peeling some things back. And you've been waiting on your favor and God wanted to tell you, I'm getting you ready. So don't give up now. I'm peeling some things back. I'm stripping th some things back. I I'm pruning some things back. I'm preparing you to release an amazing favor because he says, I will produce fruit through you. So stay connected. Stay in proximity. Stay close, church. And watch the favor of God flow through your life. Would you bow your heads with me across this place? Some of you today, you're in this place. You say, Caleb, you're in the first group. You're that stick that's withering. You haven't been close. You haven't been connected. And you're saying, I need to once again connect to the vine of Jesus Christ. I need to surrender my life, surrender my heart, ask him to forgive me of my sins. I need him to lead me. I don't want to strive to produce. I don't want to make it in my strength. I want to connect to the vine. And that's you. And you're that stick. You're that branch that's been withering apart from God, but you need to come back in a right relationship with him. Or you need to come to him for the first time. I want you to lift your hand. One, two, three, go. If that's you. Yes, 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 yes. Hands going up all around the room. Come on, church. Yes, 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 yes. You can put them down. Second group. You're in this place. You say, Caleb, I, I felt like I'm connected. I felt like I'm connected to the vine. But to be honest, I haven't been seeing the fruit. And I've been waiting on the favor and I've been frustrated. And I've been even mad at God. But today I'm going to have faith that I'm in a season of pruning. I'm in a season of preparation. I'm in a season of waiting and he's getting me ready for the favor, but I just need greater faith to stay connected. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. You've been waiting on your favor and you're struggling in this season, but you want faith. I want to stay connected. Good. Hands going up around the room. You can put them down. Last group. You're in this place. You say, Caleb, I, I know the favor of God is on my life, but I'll be honest, I've been selfish with it. I've always thought it was just about me, but I'm ready to release my favor to others. When God gives me opportunity, I'm going to bless. When God gives me opportunity, I'm going to share. When God gives me opportunity, I'm going to love. And I need to release the favor that God has placed on me to the other people around me. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. Go. Yes. Hands going up around the room. You can put them down. Pray this prayer with me, church. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, today I confess my need for a savior. I'm nothing apart from you. I can do nothing apart from you. So today I'm reconnecting 
to you the vine. Forgive you of my sins. Change me. Wash me clean. I love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Stand to your feet, church. Stand to your feet. Here's what I want to do. A, a, a lot of people raise their hand because they've been disconnected. They've been this branch, but today they're being grafted back in. And I'll tell you this. The second you get reconnected to the vine, there is a surge that goes through you that you go from withered to flourishing. And so you raise your hand. I'm going to invite the prayer team forward. They're going to be up here to pray over you. Um, as, I, as we go, we're going to sing one last song before we go. But I want our prayer team up here because I want to pray for those that maybe just need prayer in their life. You're struggling with faith. You've been feeling like you're withering. You've been waiting on your favor. You've been frustrated with God. You feel like you need to share your favor more. I want to pray that God would solidify what God has put in your heart today. But I want to pray over us right now. One last prayer. A prayer that as favor follows us, we release it in this world. So Lord, thank you for those that have been grafted back in. Thank you for those that have been reconnected to the vine. God, we are nothing apart from you. And so right now in this place, I pray greater favor over your church. God, every person in here, those that have been waiting on your favor, they've been frustrated because they don't feel your favor. They've been feeling fruitless. God, I speak fruitfulness. God, they've been feeling disconnected. I speak connection. God, they've been feeling like you don't see them. I pray right now and, and speak over them that they would feel seen in this place. God, you've been pruning. You've been preparing to release fruit and favor in their lives. So God, we will trust you. We will have greater faith in you. And we will share the favor of God that is upon our life in this world. We love you. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen, amen. Come on, give him one more shout of praise in this place, church.